This is the Zen Nova Scotia podcast with talks by Cone Franz. If you would like to support and be part of our community, you can start by visiting zennovascotia.com. I'd like to begin tonight by asking you to indulge me in an exercise. So for once, it, it might be appropriate to close your eyes. I want you to think about the things in your life that are unresolved. Those things that you imagine, maybe not even explicitly, will unravel themselves. Maybe it's some unspoken tension with your spouse. And you think, well, one day we'll have that conversation. Or maybe one day it will just dissolve. Maybe it's with your parents. Maybe it's with your children. I think almost all of us imagine that one day we'll have more money, maybe enough money. Maybe we don't right now. But with time... And maybe one day we'll finally get some recognition, some appreciation. One day we'll feel lighter. The resentments and the hurt that we carry around, we just won't need it anymore. And we look forward and we just assume that either through effort or through time, it will change. Think about what these things are for you. And then, while you're looking at them really honestly, I want you to imagine to yourself that you could know beyond the shadow of any doubt and without any option B that these things will never be resolved. That they will never go away. That you will never find security and you will never be recognized and you will never be satisfied and spend some time really considering what it feels like to know that if some omniscient voice could tell you how would it change the way that you move in the world What might seem closed? What might seem open? You can open your eyes if you want to.
but you don't have to. For me, when I do this exercise, the outcome is not what I think I would at first expect. Because it sounds so sad. And when I I play this game in my mind, I imagine in the beginning that I will feel sad. And I think of the things that I want resolved and the things that I want to change. And in anticipation of this exercise, I can imagine this terrible sense of loss. But when I really do it, when I really picture having that knowledge, that certainty, I don't feel sad. I feel clear. And, most interestingly maybe, I feel kind of strong. And I invite you to do this tonight because we've arrived in our list of paramitas at Bala Paramita, which is spiritual power. I'm not going to speak tonight from a traditional perspective. Bala refers to, traditionally, a, a set of five abilities, five strengths that someone might have, that they might cultivate. There's mindfulness, concentration, maybe virtue, I don't remember. But it doesn't work well for us in this tradition, in this practice, to talk about any of these as as things that we might attain. That's our greatest danger, that if we, we, we get into this idea that we'll practice and we'll finally become such and such a person, right? And we'll have such and such a skill. Part of this exercise is imagining that all the qualities that you want to develop through this practice will never come. And that you will never see the thing that you think is behind the curtain. So tonight, instead of talking about these five powers... I want to speak more directly to the notion of power and where it resides in spiritual practice. And I want to be clear from the beginning that I'm not talking about power in terms of a power differential. This isn't a vertical power. This isn't someone having power over someone else. This is something that you feel or not. And like everything in this practice, it's the kind of thing that if you really, really, really want it, it's going to get away. 
in this exercise, what you're doing, what you're investigating, what you're trying to look at honestly, is a situation in which you have nothing to lose. I love that we had this situation today and we needed someone to step up and do this job. Because I know that no one has anything to lose in doing it. Right? But I also know that if I were sitting there, I might feel I had something to lose. <laughs> Some little bit of dignity. some sense of my own composure. So we start with the notion that we can't have those things. We will never get to have those things. We will never get to have the dignified life that we want. What can you do when nothing can sway you We talked a long time ago about the eight awarenesses of great beings, and then we talked about the idea of being immune to flattery. If you don't want another person's praise, you can't be manipulated. And if you can't be manipulated, you can do anything. So we imagine letting go of all the things that are keeping us tight. All my talk that I go back to over and over again about living a life of offering, of service. In the scenario in which I know for sure that I cannot have these little things that I want, that life is easy. I can give myself completely. I can offer myself completely and I can do it without fear. Because I'm not worried that by doing that, I'm going to lose the other thing. Right? What if I lose my reputation? What if I lose my money? What if I lose my standing? I have to preserve these things all the time. That's how it feels. Spiritual power, as I understand it, comes from looking honestly at the truth. And the truth, from a Buddhist perspective, is laid out very, very simply. And we've talked about this many times. First, that it is the nature of humanity to be dissatisfied. Your dissatisfaction, your discomfort with your life, your suffering is not a punishment on you because you're doing things wrong. It isn't a punishment because you haven't yet figured things out. 
It's something that happens because you're human. And you will always be human. Two, everything is impermanent. For many of us, this is really where the juice is. If you really understand, if you really see that nothing can ever stay the same, then you cannot hold on to things. Right? And suddenly, you're completely freed up because that's all you've ever been doing. Three. Nothing has its own inherent existence. So there is no essence of you to hold to, and there is no essence of your life that hasn't yet quite come into focus. There's no center. And four... Reality is beyond expression. Which means you're never going to get it quite right. Your attempts to say it and to show it and to reveal it will fall a little bit short. And knowing that, I think, lets you do it more loudly than if you think that this time you might get it right. Knowing that lets you fail big. And that lets your actions be big. Spiritual power, to me, resides in this direct confrontation with the worst-case scenario. And I've mentioned this before in terms of death. I don't know what happens when you die. Nobody knows. And you may want to be reincarnated, and you may want to go to heaven. And you may want to go to one of these weird, pure land places where there are jewels on the trees. Maybe that really just hits you just right. right? Maybe you want to go and you want to see your grandparents again. But what this practice asks you to do is to confront the possibility that it is none of the above and that you will get nothing. Then if there is something, well, then that's great. Right? 
But right now, confront the possibility that the least attractive option is unavoidable. And the same goes for your life. Confront the possibility that you will never get it right. Confront the possibility that you will never feel good about it. Confront the possibility that no one will ever notice. (laughs) Work from that. I really care about this one, and I'm saying it because I, I forget this. And I get caught up in all sorts of stories about how it's going to be next year. And I'm going to check this box, and this thing will be resolved, and then everything will open up. Next year I can relax about this. Five years from now I can relax about this. My wife and I, we talk about, one day we'll buy a home. And maybe we will. At the same time, what a gift it would be in a way if some omniscient voice could come and say, no, you won't. (laughs) Right? The dropping away that would come with that. There would be loss, but there would be something else. And that something else is something that that we don't, I think, make ourselves available to. But we can. We can choose it. We can choose to stare at it. We can choose to be challenged by it. And again, I think that when we do that, we feel a strength in it. that is different from almost anything else. And that's where I'll stop. For more information about Zen, our practice, and how you can support and take part in our community, please visit zennovascotia.com.